Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. Kat and I are looking at empathy again this week. This week specifically for types 4, 3, 2, and 1. One thing I did not say during this interview that I want to say now is that as a type 2, um, we tend to struggle with being almost empaths where we're so empathetic that our empathy can run too high and we can be really prone to something called compassion fatigue. Many of you have probably heard that term before, um, but compassion fatigue is when you've been practicing compassion and empathy so much in your life that it starts to run dry. It's, you know, maybe another way of saying burnout, right? And Kat actually mentions burnout in this interview, but I just wanted to say that compassion fatigue is something I have struggled with in my own life, um, especially when I was working as a chaplain. I mean, imagine a job where all day long you're working with dying people because I was a hospice chaplain, and so I was pouring out empathy But I was not always finding ways to release that empathy. And later um, in my career as a chaplain, the practice of yoga became really, really important to me because it was a way to fill my cup so that I could go out and offer back to others. But there were times when um, I wasn't doing yoga and I wasn't getting massages and I wasn't practicing self-care enough. And I was just completely dry. I didn't have anything to offer. And it's not just twos that can experience compassion fatigue. All nine numbers um, can do that and run out of empathy when they're not taking care of themselves, particularly people who work in a helping profession. And so I just wanted to uh, point that out is that, you know, we're talking on this episode about how to build empathy But sometimes you have to be aware of the flip side of that. And the flip side is we can run out of empathy um, if we're not practicing self-care. So I wanted to offer that. And thanks for joining us today. I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. It's a really raw and honest uh, conversation about empathy. Okay, our four. Um, For the four... I have a really great friend who's married to four. She loves him. He's a great guy. But sometimes they can get in arguments because he'll come in feeling what he's feeling and he'll struggle to imagine things from her point of view. And that is something I hear about fours quite a bit is that they can get stuck in their own feelings in their own perception, even though fours actually can be really great at empathy, but they also know their own feelings well. And sometimes other people can experience them to be a little bit self, self-absorbed and um, stuck in their own feelings instead of getting out of their own feelings to imagine their partner's feelings or their friend's feelings or their coworkers' feelings. And so for a four to like, practice trying to find balance between what their feelings are and then what their loved one's feelings might be. I think that's imperative for a, a four. So uh, anything? You know, 
Well, you know, they say if you're like married for a long time or you have a best friend, you can either think the same things or say the same things or finish each other's sentences. So under four, I wrote, don't project yours onto others. Yeah. So don't, don't assume or fall into a habit of you feel the feelings and sort of be, you know, I know best in the feelings arena because I felt the all the, I feel all the feels all of my life I'm down and this was this must be what the other person is feeling or going through because I'm so in touch with me. So this is a sense of too much of a good thing may not be a great thing. Mm-hmm. So I would say and I have a little story for you. So my husband and I would've been married we're going to celebrate our 18th year anniversary. Um, in July and we um, last year did a little bit of marriage counseling mm-hmm. yeah. Here's twi- yeah you know I, I don't have to tell you the the the, the benefits of, of of therapy but what we went for is ironically enough is learning how to fight better mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, and not only understanding of what we do during the time of a conflict, and I'll make it full circle, I'll make it make sense in a second, not only understanding how we approach conflict, but also how we fight with each mm-hmm. other. So, you know, are you avoiding? Are you stonewalling? Are you uh, kind of going to offensive right away, et cetera, et cetera. So what we've learned, and I remember we were interviewing Maggie Sparks, one of our very first interviews, she was our one interview, and she was making fun, she was going to therapy, and uh, she would say, you know, the the, the first sure sign as you go into therapy, you would say, here's what I learned in therapy, and she she kept on saying it, so let me tell you what I've learned in therapy. (laughs) Um, what is very helpful, and I think it would be very helpful for a four is to listen or to absorb whatever the other person is going through and say, what I hear you say is, Mm -hmm. or what I hear you feel is, and repeat what another person said Mm -hmm. verbatim. And you would be surprised how difficult it is, how tricky our mind is, how we reshuffle, redo, reemphasize and reword other person's feelings to match how we feel and how we would feel, you know? So I think for a four, this would be probably most beneficial because that way you for sure can be corrected if you are you know you're great in being in a struggle with the person you can be in a difficult feeling with the person but is it your feeling or is it theirs so mm-hmm. if if it happens to be that it's you're repeating your feeling your partner your friend your spouse your whoever can correct you and say, well, actually, no, that's not what I said. And that's not what I mean. This is what I said. And then you understand another person's side. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. And I would say that part of empathy is understanding. And in order to make sure you understand to ask a simple question, like, okay, what I hear you saying is, Mm -hmm. am I hearing you right? Right. That's that's the most important part. Did I say it correctly? Yes. Yeah. And if you do that and, and, and then they say, no, no, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm feeling then you're getting to dig deeper and to understand. And to understand is when you're imagining what it's like to be in their shoes. And then you are moving closer to empathy and and to seeing one another. I mean, the word intimacy or intimacy is into me see, to see into the other. And that's a healthy marriage when you can find true intimacy is into me see. And that's what we're talking about today, seeing into one another, feeling with one another. Um, That's empathy. So I love, thank you for your vulnerability. And I would just say like me too, like my husband and I are in marriage counseling right now and I'm a marriage counselor. Um, But like marriage counseling does help me to see things from like his perspective. Like when we're sitting with our therapist for 50 minutes, And I'm getting to like pause and listen to parts of his childhood and like be more attentive to like understanding why he is who he is. It just makes our marriage better, like because we're moving towards understanding one another. And um, so to have that third party who can help us and help us to hear things that maybe we haven't heard before is really important. So thank you for your vulnerability um let's look at our three then uh do you want to kick us off or do you want yeah. me to okay. yeah uh, so i think for three uh, here's a couple of suggestions so three sometimes could come um off as a bit of a chameleon person because mm-hmm. they are so good in making themselves, molding themselves in a person they need to be depending on the group they're with or setting they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're with. The, um, which I think is in, like a superpower, but it could come with sort of a veneer of um, unauthenticity. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're continuously able to kind of change yourself up, what is your truth? Are you Mm -hmm. able to know who you are? So I think there's no way to kind of sit in somebody else's shoes without being authentic with yourself. So I think that would be a nice start for a three to kind of grow in their empathy skill set. And I also think embracing patience. So, you know, it's, um, there's no, and goal to empathy so to say there's no a completed complete it well and move on Mm -hmm. to the next thing kind of thing it is what it is it takes what it takes it feels Mm -hmm. how it is and you have to be patient with it and Mm -hmm. you can't just get it done so you can move on so Mm -hmm. in in a feeling of empathy without any other goal than just to be. And we've talked a lot about fives Mm -hmm. growing 
by doing something just for the sake of a process, not the sake of completion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think that would imply that would imply for empathy. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was just thinking like for the for the three, you know, the two disowns their own feelings and feels other people's feelings. The four sometimes disowns other people's feelings and feels their own. And then the the three right there in the middle of the two and the four in the heart triad, they tend to disown their own feelings and others. Um, That's what is often said about the three is that they, even though they're in the heart space, they kind of struggle with that quite a bit and they need to move towards living more in their heart but goals and work interfere with them moving towards the heart space and moving towards empathy and so I think that like setting boundaries with work and goals and their things to do lists can be also be just like authenticity I loved what you said about authenticity because I think that that's a great starting place to move towards empathy like once you can be real with yourself it's much easier to see and understand others. And I also think boundaries with work and like just starting to have a more balanced life could also help them to like make space for their heart space. And so I think that when they're able to do that, they might be able to practice empathy a little bit more. Um, But I do think that phrase practicing empathy is something important for all of us because I don't think like even though twos, seem to like have more of it naturally it's something all of us can practice right and so um for the three like one way that they might practice it there's there's three uh sort of ways to build emotional attunement and that is the tone of your voice touch and eye contact and i think that the threes sometimes are like so busy like with that things to do list and all the work that they struggle to like make eye contact to look at a person to feel into them and so if a three can do that practice touch again they're so busy that i don't always make space for the touch and then watch the tone of their voice that's a, that would be practicing empathy and for a three who's in the assertive triad like we've got the threes, the sevens, and the eights, who, who seem to be pretty assertive, although some people would would flip the seven and the one and say the one's the assertive type. We've talked about that before in the podcast. But uh, regardless, threes are definitely in it. And, um, and you know, they, they tend to have kind of, if they're not working on it, a harsh tone. And um, or they can have a harsh tone. They also can be charming because, again, like you said, they're a chameleon. So but with the people they love the most, I will say that they can come sometimes bring that harsh tone because they're working so much and they're worn out. And so that that empathetic tone is missing. So eye contact, you know, touch and the tone of your voice. If you can work on that, you can work on being present with somebody and in, in that very action of being very present, you're going to be more empathetic. And so that would be just like one practice. Um, again, like we talked about earlier, trying to imagine what it's like to be in somebody else's shoes would be another practice. Um, but threes have to practice empathy. And we all do. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well said, my friend. Shall we talk about the two? Yeah, yeah. I'm a two, so yeah, let's talk about me. <laughs> um, so interestingly enough, the um 
you know, I said that the that there was a Korean medical journey journal that published a study about um, empathy and the sevens and the threes were the lowest and the twos were the highest in empathy. Um, but, but my thoughts on that is a two needs to show themselves what they show other people. And that's something we've talked about before. That's a struggle for me. Like I can give people empathy all day, every day, but to be kind to myself, um, that can be harder for me. And, and so to show myself the same level of kindness that I might show my husband or a good friend, you know, that's something that I'm still working on. And I probably will be working on my whole life um, because that's what the Enneagram is. I mean, I would say the Enneagram is this tool that's encouraging us to be more compassion, more compassionate and more empathetic with one another. And, um, and so, yeah, but for the two with themselves that the Enneagram would be saying to me, okay, let's like dial it down a little bit and, and, you know, not to not offer empathy to others, but to make sure that there's a balance between yourself and others. I agree. I agree. And I know you have firsthand experience with that, especially being a two and your professional and personal background. It's, you are not just talking the talk, you're walking the walk. But, you know, I would say as far as um, my thoughts on it too. So we've talked about all of the numbers prior to this one. And a lot of times we talk about building empathy because you can't give something that you don't have. And if you don't have it, how do you cultivate it? And mm -hmm. I think it applies to two as well, but not because two does not have empathy, maybe it's all used up. Yeah. So you can like give, if you are in a empathy burnout, if mm -hmm. you have spread yourself so thin that not only do you not have compassion for others, you don't even have compassion for yourself, there's nothing to give, then it's, it will have you just used it all up without care, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. So, so boundaries, I think, would be huge for a two um, because they can care too much, if that makes sense. And once again, too much of a good thing probably is not leading you to the optimal, optimal way of, of living and functioning in a healthy space. Um, I also would, um, you know, with twos, maybe think about really dissecting your motivation for sympathy and empathy and care and make sure that your motivation are on a separate space than, you know, other people. So make sure that, you know, the empathy and the sympathy, they are for the sake of the, for the sake of help, not for the sake of feeling better because you helped. So that... Yeah be a little bit of a and I mean if, if we're to nitpick this is a nitpicking thing but I think twos are probably Olympians of empathy so I think mm -hmm. out of all the numbers we can really get to needy greedy kind of really almost anal retentive approach to empathy because twos I mean this is what they do this mm -hmm. is what they're good at. This is, they don't even have to think it, it's just there and it's out. So 
think about what motivating your empathy and make sure that you are, you are where you need to be. Yeah. Because pride is the deadly sin for us as too. So, you know, take for example, me, like in my life, um, work-wise, I've been a chaplain, I've been a pastor. Um, I'm currently a marriage and family therapist, and I also teach yoga. All of those professions are helping professions, right? All of those professions are professions that require empathy, like every single one of them, and um, sometimes require a lot of empathy. And you can get caught up when you're in these types of professions, whether it's yoga teacher, counselor, pastor, whatever, you can get caught up in being good. You can be a fish in a fishbowl, right? Who like yeah. has always put on a show and be the helper. And like, so that pride um, can be a pride in being good for the two. And there also can be similar to what you said, a little bit of attention seeking, um, you know, am I showing empathy because, you know, there's, there's some need that I have in that to seek attention and to be seen. And so I think you're right. Like the two, we really have to look at our own motivations and the next thing that I would say for the two is like, make sure you put yourself on the calendar every day. Like I'm a pretty busy person, but I do make sure that I put myself on the calendar every day. And if I teach a yoga class, that does not count. I am the teacher, right? That does not count as putting like today, you know, I've seen some clients as a therapist and I did teach a yoga class, but I am going to get a massage today. I have that scheduled at Massage Envy and that is on the calendar, right? Like I am going to like put myself into the equation. Like I'm not just a mom. I'm not just a therapist. Like I, my needs matter. And so again, that like being empathetic with myself and again, like it's not going to be a massage every day. It might be something smaller than that. I, I know that um, life is busy, but twos need to take care of their own needs. And so, um, yeah, that's what I would say about that. But let's move to you, my <laughs> friend. Yes, our How number much time one. do you have? And not because you're number one. No, I guess you are number one. <laughs> Listen, right, I would... Go. In the words of Esther Perel, where shall we begin? I feel that we can talk for days on how ones can grow their empathy um, skill set. So, few things. Uh -huh. <laughs> I think the intensity of feelings is very uncomfortable for ones, mm -hmm. and you know if you're empathizing with somebody you have gone to you have got to embrace the intensity of whatever the difficult feeling somebody else is feeling mm -hmm. so get get used to that which is very difficult you know i think for one sort of really high of highs really low of lows are difficult to to be in we're kind of want to step back so good for you you get to feeling all these feelings, but I'm going to be here and just, just, just in a safe zone. So stepping into the traffic on that, I think is important for one. Um, mm -hmm. Criticism, you know, mm -hmm. let that shit go because it's very easy to get on a judgy tree 
And you can't really empathize with somebody if you're judging, if you're judging actively. So that has got to be curbed. And I'm talking about all the things that would prevent you from stepping into the empathetic space. So judginess and criticism, bye-bye to that. Um, and also, uh, you know, I don't know, just, just letting go of perfectionism because empathy is messy. Yeah. You can't really file it neatly and mm -hmm. be done with it. And it's also, it's also nothing you can fix. And I mm -hmm. think ones are fixers and we just, can we just fix it? And can we just mm -hmm. move on? You know, and I'm, I'm going to share it again, super uncomfortable. I'm already getting emotional, but you know, for those of you who have um, lost your last loved ones. So mm -hmm. my mom passed from colon cancer when I was 28 and she was 62. And um, the last time I saw her, so she passed in February and I saw her during Christmas holidays and uh, she would not know that's what she was suffering from, but she did not feel well. And I remember being at home and having Kevin there with me. And, you know, I had a plan. We would all meet up. We will pick her up. We will go on a nice walk and just, just, you know, get out. And she just did not feel well. And she was in bed. And I got so angry. And mm -hmm. I said, mom, you can't just be laying around. You're not going to feel better. You got to get up. You got to move. And, you know, she ever so slowly got up and got dressed and, you know, went for a very difficult, I think, painful walk with me because I pushed her. And, you know, we all have regrets when um, our loved ones pass away. And my biggest regret is not climbing in bed with her at that mm -hmm. moment and say, mom, screw the walk. I'll just mm -hmm. lay here with you, you know, and I will take this regret to my grave. So for a one to not fix it, to mm -hmm. just, you know, embrace the messiness of it, embrace the unpredictability of it, let go of your own need for a plan for perfection for a certain way that it has to be done and this is it because mm -hmm. it's not real life that's that's one's illusion yeah. so understand it and start working through it at least that would be my suggestions yeah i i think that first of all thank you for sharing your story of your mom with us and and I also hope as your friend that, that you won't take that to the grave as a regret that I think that's the starting place for empathy for one is compassion for yourself because ones can just be so hard on themselves and so being offering yourself grace like to look back at that younger version of yourself that maybe was caught in the trap of the one of trying to fix things and being responsible before for others I mean, that's not who you are anymore, Kat. Like you, yeah. you've grown so much and like, but at that time, you know, you want, of course, like we want 
our mom or our dad to be the healthiest version of themselves. And like now looking back, you would have crawled crawled into the bed with her and we could also use the metaphor of crawling into somebody's pain with them like that that, that's what empathy is is crawling into somebody's pain with them but you know your younger self like didn't know that so to, to offer that grace to yourself I think is another form of like being empathetic towards yourself and I think if as the one can forgive themselves and be empathetic towards themselves then they can offer that to others. And so like, I would just say, you know, don't take that to your grave as a regret. I mean, you were there with your mom. You just didn't know. I mean, what we don't know, we don't know. And I would say that again, like what we don't know, we don't know. And so like, there needs to be grace like for that. And, um, you know, you, you were a good, good daughter to your mama and loved her well. So um, I want to, want to say that. And the, and the other thing I want to say is it's funny because we have not seen each other's answers, but I did write down similar things to you, like, cause I made some notes ahead of time and I wrote down not accepting their anger and emotions can prevent empathy, which is like pretty much ditto what you said. And then I wrote down, um, that a one, it can be easier to be critical than engaging in I wonder what they're feeling and going through and that was something that you said as well um but also like that anger and emotions can be seen as like either bad or as good for a one so if a one like thinks of empathy as a really good thing then they might practice it more and if they think of of it as a bad thing um, then they might not. And we could do that with all feelings, with sadness, with, with whatever, with anger. And so I, I would just encourage like a one, whatever the feeling is, if it's empathy, feeling with somebody, if it's sadness, if it's anger, like to make sure not consider it a bad thing, um, because that can be a trap for a one. So that feelings, feelings are good um, and to allow themselves to feel that. Uh, this has been a beautiful time together, friend. I agree. I think, you know, I've always said it. If you think or feel something, chances are somebody else perhaps would feel or think the same. And the beauty of Enneagram, it allows us to not feel alone in how we are and what we're Mm -hmm. struggling with and where we're growing and um, where mistakes are made or there's disappointments and we're not alone. So hopefully some of what we've shared can resonate with you all, our listeners. And, um, you know, just, just be, just be a starting point for a new thought or a pause or just different reflection and um, just taking some extra space. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think too, like as we look at our own pain and our own shadow side, like it's much easier to have empathy for others and to see like their pain and their sort of deadly sins or however we want to put it. Like we all are fallible. We all fall short. Like we all make mistakes. And And I think the Enneagram reminds us like we're human, (laughs) you know, like, and, and if we, 
if we can be reminded of that, we can have empathy. And that's why I love the Enneagram because, um, you know, even if you don't land on your number, like I've talked to a lot of people who are like, well, I'm discerning between the two and the four or whatever numbers, like the Enneagram can still teach you like, okay, well, these are the things that are the strengths and weaknesses of the two and the four. And so like, how do you see those in yourself? And like, how can like that, knowing that about yourself help you to be kinder to yourself? And then as we think about that for ourselves, it translates to how we can be kinder and more compassionate and empathetic to others. And, and so that's why I love um, the Enneagram because like it just deepens my understanding of myself and others. And um, I, I want to keep on this path of, of growing and, um, you know, just being patient with other people and myself. And I think that's come up a lot today. Like this is not just about other people like offering ourselves compassion too. Yeah. Perfectly finished. Perfect finish. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, friends. Bye now. Bye. Right after this word from our sponsor, I'm going to lead us in a meta meditation or a version of it. And it will be a meditation about building empathy. So I hope you'll stay tuned for that. And thanks for joining us today. For our meditation today, find any seat that works for you, a chair, a yoga easy seat with your legs crossed. Hey, if you're driving, that's fine. If you're walking and listening to the podcast, just commit to the breath. So wherever you are, that place is enough. And just invite the intentional breath in and breath out. Breathing in. Breathing out. This is my inhale. This is my exhale. And some of the breath that works for you. And we're going to do a version of a meta meditation today where we focus on empathy. So as you breathe in and out in your mind's eye, I invite you to imagine somebody in your life who is struggling right now. And I want you to actually imagine what that must be like for them. What are they going through? Why is it hard to be in their shoes right now? See this person in your mind's eye and then send them love, send them light, send them peace. And then I want you to imagine a place in the world could be Uvalde, the Ukraine, or somewhere else. See that place in your mind's eye and try to imagine what it must be like to be living in that place, to be experiencing that suffering. And then send love, light, and peace to this place in the world. 
And then take a moment to think about and even see in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, somebody that you're having tension with, somebody that it's hard to love, somebody maybe that you don't like very much right now. See them and then imagine what it's like to be them right now. What might be the pain that they're facing or that they have faced at some point in their life? What are their wounds? And try to see that person on the inside to have compassion for their struggles, for their pain, for their hurts as you continue to breathe. And then send this person who you're struggling to love compassion light peace wishing them well wishing them happiness and then visualize yourself take a moment to see yourself to see your hurts to see your pain, to empathize with what you're going through in your life right now. What are your hardships? And then take a moment to send love, light, and peace to yourself. And then see if you can tap into that love and that light and that peace inside of yourself. And just take a moment to acknowledge that there is love and there is pain within each of us. And as we sit with our own pain and suffering, but also identify our own strengths and our beauty it's so much easier to see that in others and find that breath in and a big breath out I know the light in me sees and honors the light in you namaste namaste